Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to 12 Stones. So glad you're here today. The Holy Spirit is going to inspire you. You might want to even say that to the Lord right now, just under your breath, in your spirit. Holy Spirit, inspire me. Just whisper it to him wherever you are. 12 Stone Home, somewhere online, gathered at one of the campuses in 12 Stone Live. We are in week 10 in this book of Ephesians, and right off the top, Here's what the Holy Spirit is going to inspire, and it's awakening to you. Don't just be against godless evil before godly good. Now, everybody here, everybody who's at 12 Stone Home, any campus, I want you to hit the highlights of this with me. When I pause, you fill in the blank, and you do it with enthusiasm, because you got to get a hold of this. Don't just be what? Don't just be against godless evil. Be what? For Godly good. Now with that, look at our next scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Pause. There is a path that is not merely against, but for, for goodness, for righteousness, for truth. You're not merely living against that which is evil, but you are living for that which is good. And find out what pleases the Lord. Now that's bolded today. Because as I was praying and preparing uh, some time back for this weekend, It's as if the Holy Spirit highlighted that line to go lean into this. I want want the church, I want all who listen in on this to wake up to this invitation to find out what pleases the Lord. So that's where we're going today in verse 10. Now, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So the rest of this is just reinforcing how you please him. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So there is a path that consists of that which we are for. It is goodness. It is righteousness. It is truth. And Christianity, listen, our faith in Jesus is not merely what we're all against. God's not merely against this. God is for that life. We we finished up last weekend's teaching. A little bit heavy, perhaps. A little bit weighty. Paul was writing, and the Holy Spirit was telling us, you got to be against Immorality, these sexual sins, got to be against. Got to be against impurity. It undoes you, it destroys your life. You got to be against greed and all the covetousness and envy and, and all that it does and, and going after the wrong things. But that's not all there is to Christianity. Listen, following Jesus is not merely being against a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, we're again that. It's for. 
So, so uh, let, let, me, let me read it the way I think we, we need to hear it. Okay, you ready? Let me, let's read how I wrote it. Listen in and, and, and let just breathe this in. God is for great things. God is for great sex in marriage between a man and a woman. He's for a great relationship and a great family. He's for having success in what you do and being generous. He's for physical wellness, agape love, valuing others, forgiving, helping the poor or disadvantaged, biblical justice, true beauty, meaningful friendships, joy, peace, kindness, mercy, grace, self-control, work ethic, accomplishment, selflessness, using your spiritual gifts to build others up, Jesus-like humility, pretense-free relationships, unity, purity, honor, and heaven for all who would say yes to Jesus. Walking with Jesus is not mere being against something, it's being for something that's better. Amen? That's, that's the inspiration. So last week, this is what we're against. Hey, this week, this is what we are for. By the way, when you teach your kids about Jesus, and parents, don't give your kids a vision of what you're against. Give them a big vision of what you're for. And at the core of this, it's to find out what pleases the Lord. Every day, wake up. And your purpose? Simplify life. Find out what pleases the Lord. Discover it and do it. Discover it and do it. By the way, right off the top, here's what that means. It means God is knowable and pleasable. I feel like saying that should get an amen. I'll do it again. God is knowable and pleasable. Is that good news? Like we had a whole culture for generations who keep talking about this God as if, well, he's not knowable. He's socially distanced. And he just, he, he just, he just can't be pleased. Don't you know people that just cannot be pleased? Isn't it annoying trying to please an unpleasable person? I mean, we have missed the whole... It is not true that God's unpleasable. The, what he's teaching right off the top is that the Holy Spirit has reminded us right here in Ephesians that God is knowable and pleasable. Now, let's be honest. It's easier to just understand what annoys us than what pleases us. I mean, being annoyed is the easiest thing in the world. We're, we're quickly aware of what annoys us. We, we're, we're, this annoys God. This annoys us. This annoys so much so that we got into this conversation. And Travis was in on the dialogue. He said, you know what, Travis? Let's go have a little bit of fun. So Travis, come on out. Everybody welcome Travis. Travis, come on out, brother. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's do a, let's do a Family Feud yeah. style little game moment yeah. here that we were that talking about, okay? And, and yes. then talk about what annoys well, yeah, uh, we were going to do Family Feud, but we don't have time uh, and, and yeah, social distancing and all. We're going to do interpersonal feud. We're just going to have two people up here. And uh, I invited Jared and Kiki to come up. So Jared, where are you at? Come on out. Kiki can come. Give a hand to Jared right, and Kiki as up. they come up. That's right. We're going to play a little uh, interpersonal feud. Come on up. Kiki, you can take this side here, okay? Jared, you're going to be over here. So here's what we're gonna do. We're going to ask, uh, you're gonna do three rounds, okay? Instead of buzzing in, you're just gonna write down your answers, and then whoever gets the higher answer gets a point. First one to three points wins a $100 Amazon gift card, okay? So there's something on the line. Crowd, you can help. You can yell out answers if you want. 
I want you to write down your answers as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter. Uh, chat room, you can fill us in too, all right? So we got three questions dealing with what annoys us, okay? So get your uh, whiteboards ready. Go ahead and get ready to write down. Here is the first question. We uh, surveyed 100 people. We found a question online. Actually, that says this. Name a creature that God might have created just to annoy us. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah, Write out. it down. Chat room, what do you think? All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, let's start with Kiki. Uh, show, show your answer this side. A squirrel. <laughs> show me squirrel. No, Not squirrel. so much. Not so much. Okay. All right. Show me a possum. Oh my goodness sakes, we're really struggling. All right, let's go again. Erase, erase. Let's start over. Write the second thing that starts your mind. You're going to give him another shot at it. Yeah, no, no. Help him out, help him out. Help him out. All right, all right. You can only write down one answer. Okay, okay, very good. All right, we'll start with Kiko. She rocked cats, then changed to mosquito. Okay, show me a mosquito or a bug. That, that, oh. that counts. There we go. Keep it number one. All right. No, no, you can't change your answer. Jared showed cats because he's, he's a crowd favorite. Show me cats. There See you go. It? Congratulations. Kiko gets a point. Congratulations. Just show uh, number two. What's number two there? Number two is people, kids. Okay. That's too bad. Number four is mice, rats, sure. And number five is snakes. Yes. Well, that the been devil himself. Yeah, that makes sense. Theologically, of course. All right, number two, here we go. Clean slate. Name a habit that your spouse has that drives you crazy. That's okay, they're not watching. They're not <laughs> listening, right? Oh, they're right there. Okay, sorry this about that. This isn't gonna build their That's right. family. Write it big, write it big. Okay, okay. Oh, how, you're writing a book, I'm sorry. He's got real problems. Okay, what is it, what do we got here? Oh, that doesn't count. She has, show me, she has no annoying habits. Oh, big shock, big shock. Okay, he's shock. not going to win up here, but he is going to win at home, so. All right. Uh, yeah, we got uh, show me loud chewing. Uh, no, you couldn't say. All right, try again, try again. This is, this whole, we have a whole right, message we got to get to here, okay? Think generically. Think generically. Uh, help him out. Help her out. Help her out. A habit. A habit. Yeah. All right. All right. Smoking. smoking. Apparently, I picked, we found really bad answers. <laughs> okay. Smoking and snoring. Uh, how many think snoring would be a, a more annoying habit? All right. How many think smoking? Let's see. Uh, people are choking up like crazy. Sorry. Okay. Uh, that's one for Jared. One for Jared. Moving on. Let's see the well, actual yeah, answers. What they, what they say. Yeah, we don't even know. Let's what see they, what the answers are. What they are. say. We don't have time for this. Always, Always on cell phone. Okay. Number two. Doesn't listen. listen. That is annoying. Leaves the bathroom messy. Okay. Number four, spends too much money. I would have to agree. Number five, interrupts or know it all. Uh, always late. Number seven, poor hygiene. No snoring, no snoring. No smoking. People are cool with those. Both of those, I guess. All right. We're all tied up. All tied up. One to one. This is for a hundred dollar gift card. Last one. Number three. Name something annoying that bad drivers do. Name something annoying that bad drivers yeah, do. Out. Okay. All right. So we're going to start with her. Slow lane driving. So slow driver. What do you say? 
Drive too slow. There's three more that could beat it. Slow in the fast lane. She, he wrote the same thing. All right, so let's go again. We got to go again. I'm sorry. This is supposed to be like two minutes. I'm just trying this. What else? What else? What else? Oh, come on. See if they can go. They just wrote no signal. Show me no signal okay. for the tie. It's number one. All right, keep going. Keep going. All right. They're do actually, they're nailing this one. Okay, okay, so we got, we got stealing a parking spot. Show me stealing a parking spot. No, oh. no. Show How me tailgating. Tailgating? Hey, congratulations, Jared takes it home. Well done, Jared. Goodness sakes. All right, show me the rest of them. Number two, cut you off. Yes, very annoying. Number three, speed. Who There's has a problem with, with other people speeding? And number six, using the cell phone. Well, that's just simply against the law. All right, $100 to you, my friend. $25 parting gift card to you. So give a hand give it up for our two contestants. I can't oh. tell if finding out annoying things is hard or the easiest thing, but uh, yeah. Thank you, Travis. Good luck. Say thanks, Travis. <laughs> Listen, yeah. we always know what's annoying. That's just the deal. We, you're immediately aware of the things you're against. Marsh and I were leaving prayer time yesterday, and, and as we were driving out of church and down the road just a little bit, somebody pulled out in front of us. Now, they had enough room, and I don't care. Just, just when you pull out, I mean, we needed to pull the person over and just say, do you know there's an accelerator? It was actually built into the vehicle. And you can use it when you pull out. But then you have to just say, hey, what am I going to be for? Well, you got to let people in. You got to be courteous. When this whole thing flips in Scripture, Paul's saying, find out not merely what annoys, but what pleases. And you got to find out. You have to what? Find out. There's work in this. You got to put effort into this. My local German friend, Pierre, we were talking about this. He said, you know what? When I was early on dating my wife and I, I had to find things out, I had to put energy into it in the early dating relationship. So I went to her friends and I discovered who is she to find her favorite flowers so that when, when I showed up, I had her favorites. Not, not Pierre's favorite, his future wife's favorite. You got to find out. Yeah, put effort into that. So when I was ready to ask her to marry me, I had to find out her ring size. I didn't want her to know, so I figured out how to, how to pilfer one from her, from her room and find a ring she already had and get it to the jeweler. In other words, I had to put effort and energy into this to find out what would please her. Listen, nobody will ever be able to say at the end of the day, I didn't know how to please God because he's knowable. Listen. He has given us the Old Testament, which we don't know about God. The Old Testament opens us up to who he is. He wrote it down for us. Then he sent Jesus, the living word. So now it opens up more. God is more knowable because of Jesus coming to earth, God in human flesh. And then the Holy Spirit comes and writes the whole New Testament. And now, now it's in front of us and it's knowable. And all the more the Holy Spirit lives in us. So it's wide open and the Holy Spirit guides us. And on, on often occasions will prompt us and lead us in the moment to align with the word of God and put it in practice so that you can please God. 
So let's spend the remainder of our time in figuring this out. Because this can't be a philosophical, oh, you got to please God, please God. Okay, we're done, move on. Now find out how to please God. Get in his word. And because you love him, learn how to please him. So I've been sitting devotionally in some recent days in Psalm 37. So we're going to use that today as an example. In fact, here's three things you can draw. There's more than this, but I had to keep cutting because of time. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Delight in the Lord. Say, well, how do you please God? Well, you get in God's word and you find out this pleases him. Here are three things from Psalm 37 that please God. So we're going to tap into these and discover what does it mean to, to please him? Well, the first one is trust in the Lord. Everybody say it with me. Count of three. One, two, three. What? Trust in the Lord. So look at Psalm 37. As soon as you read Psalm 37, it unfolds this way of pleasing God is trust. But I'm going to take it from the top. Do not fret. We'll come back to that because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Then trust do what? Trust in the Lord. You want to know how to please God? You want to find out? Here's how. Trust in the Lord. And do good. We'll come back to that one too. Then you will dwell in the land forever. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Now in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, that was reward. That was, that was God's grace and blessing over them. For us, places like Hebrews chapter 11 Six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. There's a reward to diligently seeking and pleasing the Lord. So let's talk about this. How do you please God? Well, it pleases God when you trust him foremost. You got to think about this. Every time you pick up the Bible, you have to trust that it's true. Don't, don't skip over this. We live in a culture that teaches us whatever you feel is true. This is no small thing to grow through. Yes, in the moment, what you feel may feel true. But it's not true to facts. This is the truth of life. However you feel comes and goes. To trust in the Lord is to trust him foremost. And whatever he says in his word is true. He's teaching us morals, values, how to think, how to live, how to have fullness in life. He teaches about marriage, family, parenting. He teaches about divorce, remarriage. He teaches about money. Your job, your career, how you earn money, how you save money, how you manage money, how you feel about money, how you give money. He teaches about relationships, what you say and what you don't say, forgiveness, how to value other people, selflessness, pride, humility, whatever he says you treat as true. Everybody got it? Trust it is true. See, how to please God? You trust him. His word is true. Foremost. How do you please God? Will you practice trust 
by not only making his word foremost, but making God first. Making God what? First, look at Matthew chapter six, when Jesus was teaching the crowds and he started on the area of finances, and then he got into material things and then he wraps the whole thing up, but seek first, seek when? How? First, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, these are the needs of the material world will be given to you as well. See, trusting God is a priority of firstness that's given to him. Now you gotta find this out. See, you're not merely against this, you're for God. So he's first. I've had to figure this out in my life. God's the first conversation I have every morning. you got to figure out what does it mean to trust him. Put it in practice. How do you please God? Well, you know it pleases God if he's the first conversation in the morning. As a rule, I have my alarm set, and, and when it goes off, it, it plays the song from, from a psalm. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship you. And I have somebody to please that day. It's my first conversation. I read his word that day. Sometime in the day, I'd have... I remember a conversation with a friend. I said, man, I just can't get there. I got, I got, I'm trying to be against stuff. I don't know how to be for. I can't get in God's word. I said, well, just tell me. What's the first thing you read every day? Oh, he said, I'm a newspaper guy. Now I get the newspaper out. I cover it. I got to have my coffee. I said, great. I said, just all you have is a habit that you're trying to change. It just needs practical help. So here's the deal. As soon as you pick up the newspaper with your coffee, stop. Just change a habit. Just stop. Lay the newspaper down. Say, God, teach me how to please you today. Pick up the Bible and read it for five minutes first. Ten minutes, 15. Because you know you're always going to be at the newspaper. Now just lay it down. Pick up the Bible. God, teach me how to please you. Read it for five minutes. Read in the Psalms. Read in the Gospels. Ten minutes, 15 minutes. When you're done, say, oh, God, here's one thing. Thank you. Now pick up your paper. How do you please God? Will you trust him by making him first? When I have a problem, I go to God first. Prayer, scripture, what are you teaching me? My finances, paycheck, I honor God first. Doing them my whole life. Why? Because he's the provider. It's all his. I return the first 10% to him. Actually, we've been walking with the Lord a long time. It's way beyond the first 10%. But we just think that's, that's, that, that, that's the benchmark. I, can't, he's, I don't trust him if I don't trust him. So he's my provider. I don't give him leftovers. I don't give him last. I don't give him whatever I feel like in the moment. See, how do you please God? You trust him foremost. His word is true. How do, you, how do you please God? You trust him first. You put him first in your life. How do you trust God? Do not fret. Look back at that scripture. Look how it started in Psalm 37. Do not what, everybody? Do not fret. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety. Don't fret. Don't, worry, don't, don't, don't get undone by stuff. Well, we do. <laughs> do not fret. Walk. Listen to this. Do not fret. When you see people... Who do not trust God. Doesn't this mess with you? I mean it messes with David. Messes with me. Doesn't it mess with you? When you see people who don't trust God. And they just seem to be prosperous. And business or politics or finance. You're like what is that? That drives me nuts. And God is messing stuff up in the world. God says don't fret. Do not fret. 
when it seems that evil is winning. Why? Because God's not fretting. When you fret, it makes it look like you don't have faith. As if God's not almighty. As if he's not in control. As if he won't work all things for good. Don't fret. Whew. Man, how do you please God? Do not fret when it looks like evil is winning. Listen, when it comes to, to business or, or, or finance or politics and, and you see evil winning, reread, look at this, reread Psalm 37 in light of where you think evil is winning, where you see it winning. Now, when you see evil winning, whether it's in business or finance and politics, and you're like, look, this God, that's evil's winning. Then God says this, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like the green plants, they will soon die away. You want to know how to please God? Don't fret. Trust him. Trust him. Faith frees us from fret. Now, we're all fretting over the election. God's not. We're all fretting in Georgia because we have two Senate seats to solve. Everybody else is freed up from campaigning. The state is not. We're about to enter 50 days where we get all the joy of the campaign mud slinging circus back in our state. I'll bet there will be hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm so excited to get more mailers. I read every one. Merry Christmas, Georgia. <laughs> Trust the Lord. You want to know? You want to find out what pleases the Lord? Trust him. Trust his word. Trust him first. Do not fret and do good. And what? Look at the scripture. Number two, do good. Now let's go to the scriptures. Jump to Psalm 37 and see what it tells us. Trust in the Lord and he instructs us. Do good. That's, do good. This isn't just something we talk about, something we do. If, you, if we have more time and drop down verse 27 of, of Psalm 37, here's what it says. Turn from evil and do good. It's, turn from evil against and then do good for. I wrote it this way and I want you to hear it because I, I think our soul and our mind needs to absorb this. The transforming life in Christ is not just about avoiding evil, turn from evil, but equally embracing and doing good. You have to replace evil with good. You have to replace evil habits with good habits. Listen, the power of a strong no to sin is a stronger yes to Jesus and doing good. Evil will always replace itself with another form of evil if you do not replace it with good. Let's be honest. Evil needs no effort. <laughs> evil happens when you just neglect good. You know, many of us entered the COVID season with the best of intentions. We start all good habits. We're going to be in 12 stone home faithfully. And then you get sloppy. You get casual. And you drift and you lose for it. And get back to good, faithful worship habits. If this COVID stuff has weighty concern for you and you wouldn't get in a group and you wouldn't social distance in a crowd at a campus live, fine. But be faithful in worshiping the Lord with 12 stone home. And if you're really not afraid and you're going everywhere else, but you're using it as an excuse, you're not showing up and all kindness is your pastor, get beyond spiritual laziness and show up. Get in. You need 
What God created is designed to form you. You need good, healthy, formative habits. Do good. You got to understand, evil distracts, drains, and destroys. Good builds and blesses. So I was talking with a group of dads. Having a little conversation that kicked around. I said, you know, this weekend I'm going to talk about doing good and how you please God. So how do you do good and please God? How do you know you're pleasing God? And they threw a few things out. And it's just, we want to keep this practical. How do you find out what pleases the Lord? One of the dads said, well, I, I was walking in a store the other day and, and walked through the door and looked behind me. And the, the, the lady who's come behind me was so far away, I just let it go. I can't. I'm not holding the door. And, and as I walked through, he said, I just felt a little prompt of the Spirit of God. Like, would you hold the door and be gracious? I turned around. I held the door. And God wasn't being unkind. God was, God was encouraging me. Do good. And I just waited till she got there, opened the door, said a kind word. And, and as I walked away from him, he said, I could sense God's smile. Listen, God is pleasable. Isn't that beautiful? God's pleased. He's sitting there saying, well, God's always displeased with me. I've got a black cloud hanging on. No, he's not. God, God's pleased. He's like, well done, son. Well done, daughter. And yet another dad said, honestly, I know I'm pleasing God. When I put my wife or my kids first, and I know the difference. I know when I'm thinking about me, I'm like, this is what I want to do, and I care about me, and I'm going to be about me, and I know when I'm thinking about that. And every time I make a decision to, to be about them first, God's pleased. Like, when I'm t- okay, kitchen needs to be cleaned up. No, I'm, it's not expected. It's not on me right now. But I, when I go do that, I know God's pleased. See, how do I please the Lord? It's so practical. It's so in the moment. Another dad say, you know, I, we lay there at night, we go to bed, and as soon as I lay down and turn off the lights, we're, we're ready, we're going to bed, and I just, I always now have that prompt. Yeah, grab, grab your wife's hand and pray for her. Pray for the family. Demonstrate that you live to please God. And he said, I have this awkwardness, no matter how many times I honor that. And I, he said, I've learned, you know, we've been teaching, it push through the awkwardness. And I know when I do that, every time I please God. Find out how to please God. And one of the ways you do it is to do good. God is pleased. This past Wednesday, uh, we hosted the, the funeral, the memorial service for uh, Michael O'Brien, longtime Tulsa family. He and, and Jody, um, delightful family, their kid Connor, boys Connor and Taylor. And, and he had a stroke, and, and he's now with Jesus, and, and wonderful for him, uh, challenging on the family, of course. But in, in that memorial gathering, uh, uh, Michael's boss, previous boss, stepped up and did a little moment. And he talked about Michael. And when he did, he said, listen, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe what you guys believe. I'm not in your faith. Which is interesting. He just admitted. I, I, I. But he said, but I was marked by Michael because work starts at 8. And he showed up voluntarily 30 minutes early every day for work to make coffee so that when everybody showed up, we had hot coffee. And we are a caffeinated crew who can't function without it. And he said, it always marked me that he served other people. You know what I think God was doing for Michael? Well done. God was pleased. Another guy got up, Gary, who is Michael's small group leader. And Gary, uh, Gary served military. He was an airman. Uh, Michael was a, a a Marine, so they had this bond and this antagonism all at the same time. But Gary was a small group leader, and, and when Michael had the, the stroke, 
and ended up down at St. Joseph. And Jody called and said, oh, we can't. We won't be in small group tonight. Man, Gary just sent out to the group. That we, we're going to go down to the hospital ourselves, down at St. Joseph's Long Drive, difficult time, middle of the week. I get it. But you know what? All 26 showed up. And the hospital staff asked, what cult are you guys in? Because we've never seen 26 people show up right when the patient arrives. And then he ended up in a wheelchair, and, and Gary is pushing him around <laughs> in a good way, taking him places and serving. And you know what God's saying? Well done, Gary. He's pleased. Jerry also spoke at that memorial, and he said, you know, when COVID hit, Michael made this statement. I want to say it accurately. I thought it was the best line of the moment. He said the church, this is what Michael said when COVID hit. The church was not shut down with COVID. It was deployed. <laughs> it was deployed. That's always God's plan that we would be sent out and do good. Sent out and what? Do good. Let's get to the third one. How do you please the Lord? Find out what pleases the Lord. Well, here it is. Delight in the Lord. Say it with me, everybody. Wherever you are. Okay, let's say it loud and proud together. What is it? Delight in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Okay, this, this is so enjoyable if you'll absorb it. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Look at the scripture. Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Wow. You delight in God. You please God. How do you please God? Delight in him. And look, you're the better for it. You're, it's not just, oh, this is what I'm against. It's this what I'm for. I'm for delighting myself in the Lord. And look what God does for me. He gives me the desires of my heart. All right, let's spend a little time in this. God delights in you, so delight in him. Look, I, more and more, I understand delighting. As in having been a dad, I delight in my kids. And now that I'm a grandpa, I delight in my grandkids. I'm sorry, you have to endure these moments. I'm a grandpa. And my little Braden, who's 20 months old, has never had a haircut. He has a mullet. He is as adorable as it comes. Check this out. Are you kidding me? That is fantastic. And this sweet little mullet allowed him to have a particular costume for Halloween. So he was this. He was Tiger King for Halloween. Because <laughs> he just had the hair for it. Absolutely adorable. Now, his dad, my firstborn, Josh, posted this in the family thread uh, after we were good friends. Every time a mullet reaches shoulder length, an angel gets its jean jacket. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I do think we just think that stuff is funny. So it was a big deal on the family thread because Braden got his hair cut. So here's the new look for Braden. He lost his mullet. Yes. A collective awe, shall we? Oh. Now, I know you don't care. I know some of you are sitting there, I wish he would stop. I'm not going to. First of all, you who are having kids, thank you. We grandparents love it. We love watching you and not having to raise them. We love it. You keep having all your challenges. 
We're just going to spoil, visit when we want, leave them with you. I haven't changed the diaper yet of any of my grandchildren. I have no intentions. None. But I will feed them candy. I will get them wiry. I will send them back. I will spoil them. I have a gift. I know when I tell these stories, you don't care. But I want you to hear something. There's a lot of things going on in your life that nobody cares about, but God does. Amen? God does. He delights in you. He enjoys you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Now find out who he is more and more and delight in him. And when you delight in him, you get to know him better. Delight yourself in the Lord. There's a couple of insights. I want you to think about this to consider. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he changes your desires and fulfills them. Just absorb that. He changes your desires and fulfills them. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he changes your desires. He actually moves you from what you should be against to what you should be for. He changes your desires, and then he fulfills them. So make a decision. Above all else, please God. Listen, don't please yourself. God does not exist for you to please you. You commit to please him. Don't please others. Don't please culture. Don't please your feelings. Oh, but I feel it so deeply. It's okay. Get to the word. It, it is nearly terrifying how we have absorbed culture and feelings undo God's truth. Don't do that. Delight yourself in the Lord. In the 1800s, powerful, popular pastor and teacher was Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon. And I, I just, I love this quote. He wrote from Psalm 37. Men, literally people in his day would have written this way. People who delight in God's desire or ask for nothing but what will please God. Hence, it is safe to give them carte blanche. Their will is subdued to God's will, and now they may have what they will. That's just deep. See, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he changes your desires. And then what you desire most is the will of God. And therefore, he gives you the desires of your heart because he can. Because your heart is like his. But there's something else. When you delight yourself in the Lord, Jesus reveals your desires and fulfills them. He reveals your desires and fulfills them. Huh. About 13 years ago, I was meditating in Psalm 37. And the spirit shifted a thought. I often tell the story of Jaden, my fourth born, in a way that's, yeah, I was 42 when, when he came into the world. It wasn't the plan. We had been nine years since the last child, 15 years since the first born. I was done parenting. I was off traveling and I was going to, you know, go conferencing and help pastors and teach. And I don't know, I just had a vision of a world beyond just being in a local environment. And anyhow, and when he came along, I just knew that just shut stuff down. And, and, and I didn't want to go back to baby stage. I mean, what are we doing, God? I'm in my 40s. God did math for him. God doesn't always get math. Sometimes you have to help him. Haven't you ever had to help God? I've had to help him. I said, what are you doing? But it, but it wasn't until uh, deeper into Jaden's life that he said, listen, I'm giving you the desires of your heart, and you don't know your heart well enough. 
And if you'll delight yourself in me, I'll reveal your heart to you and then fulfill it. See, you were made to be a dad and a pastor. But you fret too much from your background. So you quit at two kids, but you were made for four. But you didn't have the faith for it. So I had to make Marsha bring three in and then give you the fourth and then demonstrate that I'm ultimately the father I'll provide. You delight yourself in me. You see, that boy settled me, changed trajectory, made me settle in pastoring long term, resolved things in me. And it's not about me. But one of the things the Spirit of God said is he will be a joy to you in your old age. So his middle name is John, Jaden John, from John the Baptist. When the Holy Spirit said to Zechariah, John's dad, this boy will be a blessing, a joy to you in your old age. And God knows that that boy, I am old. He, listen, in every year of school, he's had a poll done in his class who's got the oldest dad, and he's won every year. He, he's going to finish high school. I'm going to hit 60s. He's going to finish college. I'm going to retire. And he has been a joy in my old age. Listen, church, you don't know all that you were made for. You might fret and have so little faith that you don't believe what God can and will do in and through you. But if you will delight yourself in the Lord, he'll reveal your heart to you and then fulfill it. It's who he is. What an amazing God. You see, if you go sit in Psalm 37, what you're going to discover is you can find out what pleases the Lord. So what do you need to start doing? Bow your heads with me. Let me pray. Father, by the kindness of your Holy Spirit, by the work of Jesus, you make it possible for us to not only know you, but please you. I want to pray over everyone, wherever they are right now, that they would be encouraged and receive this prayer. God, I desire to find out what pleases you. Tell them that. Whisper it wherever you are. Speak it from your spirit. I desire. Maybe some of you don't know him, and you're saying, God, if you're knowable, I, I, I don't even know if I believe that, but if you're knowable, I'd love to know you. And if you know God and you walk with him, then you, you say it to God. God, I want to please you. Help me find out more how to please you. And then, God, give me the courage to trust you to do good and delight in you. And you'll give us the desires of our heart. It's who you are. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.